Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. On a Saturday morning, a very good Saturday morning to you. Coming to you live from the Esperance Media Studios in beautiful Edmonds, Washington. It's Drive Time Radio with yours truly, New York Video. Very good, 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 good morning to you. I'm uh, interesting. I'm in kind of a, a, a good mood this morning. I just felt, you know, like bop, 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 which with everything that's going on in the world, I think it's hard to uh, for that to happen. Uh, on certain occasions, but you know, a, a morning of good weather earlier this week and uh, some sunshine and uh, driving a groovy car, uh, you know, it does a lot for your, for your mood, you know, I mean, maybe that's, maybe that's the kind of therapy we all need to look for, right? Is once a month, go find a, a hot car to, to rent, you know, uh, call it your, uh, I, don't, I don't know, your, your Zoloft special. Matter of fact, that would be the name of the company. Maybe that's what I should do. Start a company that would rent like really cool cars for 24 hours to people. Okay, so if you if you brought a note from, matter of fact, if you brought a note from your doctor, maybe you could even get your insurance to pay for it. But you go and you'd have like a lineup of uh, a Porsche or um, a, uh, you know, something like like that and you could rent it for 24 hours and go out and you know uh and nathan uh rightly so points out is it that turo and yeah i guess in a way it is except that the if you're looking for a hot car to rent okay and i look at turo and some of the prices that people charge for them are ridiculous i mean i i remember i wanted to rent there was a reason that I wanted to rent a Rolls Royce for a day and I couldn't, there was none in the press media fleet. So I couldn't do that. So I started looking, there was a guy, this was back in Pittsburgh. There was a guy that had a role. He wanted like a thousand dollars a day. And I was like, you know, I, I don't want to drive a Rolls Royce that bad, but if you can go and sit yourself behind the seat of a Corvette for a day, or you can go sit yourself behind the seat of a, a Mustang GT or even an electric Mustang for a day. And actually, to be very honest with you, and this is where Turo, I think, really comes in uh, very nicely or many other rental companies. But there seems to be a wider variety on Turo because people are renting you their own cars and you, they're broken. You know, they have a little age on them. If you're going to buy a car, I always suggest to people that you go and you rent that car somewhere for a day or two and drive it without a salesman sitting next to you, without a thousand people pressuring you to buy it. Uh, just you in the car, take a nice ride down to uh, Tacoma or to, to Ocean Shores and back and put 100 miles on a car, 200 miles on a car, and really get the feel of what the car is about, where everything is, so that you, when you, you know, when, when you go to buy that car, um, you know, it's not just like an initial, like uh, you're in a bar at two o'clock in the morning and you feel like you got to go home with somebody, like, you know, when, when, when people with kids, that's what you would do, you know, or some people, not everybody, but... <laughs> You know, you, you're not pressured. You don't feel like, oh, I got to go home with somebody from this dance or else um, I'm not going to look good in front of my friends. No, 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 no. In this instance, you spend time with the car. You know, you drive it. Maybe uh, if it's a tour or rental, you talk to the guy or a woman who owns the car and you get a little bit more of an idea of what the, uh, the service is like on the car. Things are breaking down and so on and so forth. So I, I heartily suggest that, but I think that's a, I think if you market it as, um, you know, like I said, Zoloft car rental, where you just get into this car for a couple hours on a sunny day and you take a nice ride, it really does something for your disposition. It makes, I think it makes you happier. You forget as long as you don't turn on the radio and hear some uh, yacker like me telling you that the world is going to end next week. So make sure you buy something at chain jewelers. Uh, you know, 
uh, you're probably okay. <laughs> the world is going to end next week, so we heartily endorse you buying a ring for your loved one. I'm Tom Shane. Um, I'm not saying that Tom Shane endorses the end of the world, so don't, uh, the Shane lawyers, please don't call me. As a matter of fact, I think they actually like me. I actually won, when I was at uh, Cairo, I actually won several months uh, the award for the spokesperson of the month. I used to do ads for Shane Company, and I used to make them funny and interesting, you know, like like real slices of life. And um, several times I won that, you know, uh, endorser of the month. So I was very proud of that. All right, what do we have happening in cars this week? We got a great show for you. I feel like it's Saturday, so I have to say that. Uh, because that's how they do it on Saturday Night Live. Although we don't have guest hosts here. Although, you know, I have been toying with the idea and I haven't said anything to him yet about this. We'll have to we'll have to see if maybe we can make this happen one day. When, when I go on vacation uh, the next time, I'm thinking of maybe instead of me going on vacation and hosting the show from where I am, just letting Nathan host the show. Now, I haven't said anything to him about that yet, so don't tell him if you see him. But, uh, you know, that might be something that's, uh, that's in the cards. Um, oh, I know you all would miss me so immensely, but hey, listen, got to give the, got to give the young man a break. Don't we? Yes, we do. All right. Uh, what do we have happening here this week? Been an interesting week in automobilia around the Puget Sound. Uh, the uh, first thing that I wanted to jump on here and talk about is a big kudos to, um, you know, when, when unions screw up, we always want to jump on them and say, oh, man, you know, you guys are horrible. Your unions are this, that, that, the other thing. Well, it seems to me that at least some minds are thinking, and I don't know if this is a uh, forebearer of better things to come uh, from Mayor Bruce Harrell in Seattle, but imagine this, the mayor and the uh, union that's striking, the concrete workers that are striking, and the construction companies got together and says, we can't have this West Seattle Bridge closed uh, for the rest of the year. We got to get this thing open. Uh, the thing that's putting us behind schedule now is the fact that you will not bring concrete to our web, to our site, so that we can get this job done. So, can we work something out? And sure enough, uh, Mayor Bruce Harrell and um, uh, the, uh, the Seattle Department of Transportation, um, the, the construction people, everybody sat down at the table and they said, all right, listen, uh, there's a bunch of uh, projects here that need concrete. They're being delayed. They're in the public interest. So can you bring us some concrete? And to everybody's surprise, the, uh, the Teamsters Local 174 and some of their drivers said they would return to work, according to the West Seattle blog, for some suppliers in order to get things moving on the West Seattle Bridge and other major public projects. Uh, Kramer North America, which is one of the contractors, Cadman is, is the concrete company, uh, said that, yeah, we can get it in, we can get it mixed, we can get the concrete in, and boom, we can go. So congratulations to Mayor Harrell for getting that done. Dude's a husky, he knows what he's doing. Um, and hopefully, now there's no set date here, the set date passed a couple of months ago about getting this roadway open, but it's, a, it's movement. It's something that maybe under previous administrations might not have happened. I, I don't know. Maybe it would have. Maybe, uh, you know, Mayor Nichols or, or um, other mayors that have come, uh, Norm Rice. Maybe they would have done something similar. I don't know. It seems to me to be a play out of the old politics playbook where you go and you, you know, you get the, the people that you work with on so many different things to say, hey, we got to do something here. We got to, you know, this is in the public good. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of concrete drivers that have to sit in that traffic on the bridge or West Seattle to go to West Seattle. It's a major artery in this city. 
And it just shouldn't be, you know, it can't remain closed. And as we saw one morning last week, there was uh, an accident. I guess there was a rolled over tractor trailer or something um, somewhere along the detour route. And it was a mess. It was taking people two hours to get to the city out of West Seattle. We got to do something about that. And not everybody can work from home. If you're a waiter or a waitress or a doctor or this or that, you can't wait, work from home. You got to go into the office. You got to go to the restaurant. You got to go to the pizza place. You got to go to the parking lot. So it unfairly affects um, lower end job people, the middle class and lower from getting to their job. So, so thank you, Mayor Harold. Thank you to uh, the Teamsters local and also to the, um, uh, to the people uh, that, that brought this deal together. It's amazing to see that in this day and age, uh, people with political agendas, and they all have a political agenda, can make this thing, uh, make it work, and hopefully get the, the people in West Seattle out of this ridiculous, and I go over to West Seattle uh, two, three times a, a week, and it's just, um, it's, it's horrible what you got to do to get over there. So I'm glad to see that they're figuring this out. Uh, thank you uh, to all of those people. All right, uh, the baseball season is open. And I just wanted to remember uh, you to remember that if you have an electric car, there is electric car charging stations at T-Mobile Field. They are located on that plaza outside the parking garage on Occidental Street conveniently located across the street from the strip club that's there. <laughs> You're going to put your charging stations in. Why not put them there, right? Anyway, uh, I don't know if safe, if uh, that's it, but T-Mobile has expanded the number of charges. I think there were four there the last time I looked last year. Uh, but that's something that I think the Mariners need to do. It's great that they have them, but I think at some point here, uh, you got to expand the numbers. There's going to be more than four electric cars going to uh, T-Mobile from places like Eastern Washington, where the only way they can go to the game is if they charge up the battery while the car is being um, is parked across the street from the ball game. Now, one of the things that while I was researching that story, you know, the fascinating thing about all of this stuff is you research one story and you wind up with other stuff. And this is an idea that I thought about a couple of years ago and did not do a, a act on it. But thank God somebody did somewhere. And so you have a new company concern. I don't know. Um, for electric charging, this comes from charged. Electric Vehicle Magazine, which is an online magazine that does has a lot to do with uh, electric vehicles, an on-demand mobile EV charging network. So it's like, I don't know, let's say you're at a picnic or you're, you're in the park and you want to have a picnic with somebody. We can call Uber Eats up and they'll deliver, you know, a picnic meal to you, right? Well, let's say you're at the ballpark. And you need to charge your car. Well, you can uh, go to the app on your phone, go to Boost EV, and they will bring a charger to your car that will charge your car. Uh, the company, I actually believe, is Spark Charge. Uh, but I think it's a fantastic idea, not only for the um, idea of if you get stuck uh, these people can come out and put enough charge in your car to get you to a charging station, uh, but also to take advantage of this service while you are parked somewhere that maybe doesn't have an electric charger. Let's say you have your, your uh, Chevy Bolt EV, and we'll have some news on the Chevy Bolt coming up in the show here in just a couple of minutes. But let's say you have your Bolt and you're, you uh, go to the ballpark, but you don't have enough to get back home. You call up your uh, 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 um, Boost EV. 
You don't even call it up. You just bring it up on your phone. You punch in. My car's in parking space XYZ. They come by, and they charge your car for an hour while you're in the ballpark. You come out. You have enough charge to get home without having it. So it takes away. If you have an app in your phone that guarantees you, now this is not in all cities yet. Um, I'm trying to see. Uh, let's see. So far, they launched in February. Austin, Boston, Chicago, Dallas, L.A., New York, Raleigh, North Carolina, Richmond, San Diego, San Francisco, Santa Cruz are all on this system. Uh, the company looks like looks to be based out of Buffalo. And it looks like they are ready to expand it again and start to now bring these, these charging units. And it's, uh, it looks like from uh, the photos of this thing, and I don't know, Nathan, did I send you a photo of the, uh, of the Boost EV? Maybe not. Yeah, you did. Oh, yeah. Would you put it up, please? Sure. Let me go uh, grab it. Yeah, please. Um, the, uh, the unit that they use is looks like it's something that's on wheels. They just bring it to your car and you boom, you plug it in and you're ready to go. Very simple. Very simple. Um, and again, I think that going to the ballpark, going to different places, it's going to take a piece of that anxiety out of driving uh, the electric car. So definitely something worth um, worth checking into and worth um, looking for. The Hummer is out. Uh, media was invited, although this media wasn't invited, but uh, you know, the cool kids were invited to drive the, the new Hummer this week down in Southern California. And most of the reports I've read so far, and I didn't do a lot of research into this this week, um, but a lot of reports said it's, a, it's an animal. It's a big, beefy, cool vehicle. It's something that uh, you're probably going to want to drive. So certainly... Um, that's something to look for if you can get one. I think they're going to go north of a hundred thousand dollars. So if you want to spend that car, they also probably have people abuse you because most most people are not going to know that the Hummer is electric and it puts out more um, or puts out less emissions than your Toyota Prius does. Uh, but anyway, be that as it may. That's going to, uh, we'll have more on that uh, in the weeks to come. But uh, the Hummer is out there. And um, as I say, it's, I don't, I think they're sold out of production so far. But you can always go to GM's website and uh, see if it's, uh, see if there's one available and take a look at it. I think they're, uh, I think they're definitely cool cars. That's for sure. Um, are you ready, Nathan? I'll bring you in here. Um, Nathan, are you ready to, uh, not have a steering wheel in your car? Oh, gee, I don't know. That's part of the best part. you know, having weighted steering wheels, you know, it's all part of that driving experience. I would say just, just check it. I'm just, just want to see if you're ready to get rid of the steering wheel in your car. Well, as long as I don't have to use a joystick, I've seen cars with those and those make me feel like a little, what? Yeah, yeah, they're a little, they're a little tinky. I'm not a big, you know. I, I'm, I'm a steering wheel guy. How would you feel about something in the middle? How would you feel about a, uh, a device uh, that looks like similar to what they have in the cockpit of an airplane? Oh, having a few pilots in my family, I could get behind something like a cockpit in an airplane. Well, the uh, new Lexus that is going to be shown off at the um, New York International Auto Show, which will be getting underway next Thursday, I believe, or, or next weekend. Uh, but the uh, Lexus RZ450E EV is going to have a, um, a yoke-style setup. So the B... Uh, and Toyota's coming up. Yeah, there's a picture of it there. Uh, the the uh, Toyota started this with the 
BZ4X. <laughs> Toyota has figured out that, you know, that they want to just confuse the crap out of us all by uh, giving us car names that now feel like passwords. Um, so they've, uh, they're slapping this thing, uh, this yoke steering because Tesla did it. Uh, in, in, in a couple of cars, you know, we all have to fire, follow Elon Musk or else we'll all be in trouble. Uh, but there's this new yoke steering system uh, that will uh, be offered in this uh, electric crossover. And I just wonder how, how so many people who still seem to have not mastered a steering wheel are going to react when they get in the car and see this thing sitting there. Now, it, it, it works, I guess, much. I mean, I've driven a car with a yoke steering wheel before. Um, it works similar to a steering wheel, except that you don't have, like, the hand over hand. You know, your, your, your mechanics of you turning the wheel are a bit different. If you learned how to drive with that hand over hand steering, or like the you know, be cool and hang out like this with your hand on top of the steering wheel, or it, it, it works on a whole different level than that. So I'd be interested in hearing from people and seeing if they'd be, uh, uh, they'd be okay driving with this, with this thing, or it would just confuse the crap out of them too much. I, I think you would be okay with it, Nathan, don't you? I mean, it kind of looks like a Formula One car to me. I wasn't actually expecting that when you were telling me about it you know being no steering wheel i thought maybe it was just gonna be an automated driving car that's what i thought you meant but well i think those are going to be coming down to down the pike too but it's definitely not a wheel actually that's a yoke uh that that's you know what, what they uh what they call it uh yeah. it's it's an interesting and and i've driven not a formula one car but i've driven a car with those and as a matter of fact i think I haven't been in a go-kart in a long time, but I seem to remember driving a go-kart with something similar to that. Mm -hmm. And I think the design is good in the fact that you have to pay a little bit more attention to your driving when you're using one of these things. Um, I think that people can, their minds, want, with, a, with a traditional steering wheel, their minds wander. So It also gives you a better visibility of the displays in front of it, too. You know, those digital displays. Right, or the speedometer right. would be, so you're not but, fighting having the top part of the steering wheel possibly being in the way. It's just always in your view. Yeah, but you're Nathan, six. What are you? Six five six. Six six. Six six. Right. Do you have trouble seeing the uh, the, the gauges in the car? Not usually. You just have to kind of use the telescoping feature to get it to a proper space. But usually that can be a little bit of a hassle when you're stepping into a car for the first time and just, you know, oh, finding yeah. that lever yeah. and then moving it. And then you find out that, oh, uh, I can only go this far. Now I need to go move the seat. So it'll be a lot of help to be missing that little bar going from the top of the steering wheel across. And I think with a little practice, you can still do the one-fingered turn. You, you know, when you just, you know, you're driving along, you got one finger on the wheel, and, you know, you just spin it around. Um, mm -hmm. It'd be interesting to see if the hot rodders would put one in. You know, oh, you know that's where I saw, saw one, too. I drove a uh, guy had a, a 32 Ford hot rod that he made, and he had a yoke steering wheel in it with a, um, you know, the knob that some people put in the cars? Yeah, you just kind of hold on to it and it spins. Yep. Yeah, you hold it spins. He had one of those deals in there, and it, it was okay. It was uh, it was it was fun to drive. So I think the world will not collapse with uh, yoke steering. Although I would love to see the faces of some people when they get in uh, to a car like that. Did you go to the Tesla rodeo, Nathan? No, are those electric horses? No, they had it. They opened up the new uh, Giga factory, I guess over the weekend or, or over the week. And um, they had the, uh, the big giga rodeo. So they had all sorts of ride tests in the parking lot and then all this and all that. And so now giga Texas is uh, open and ready to go. The only problem I could see is that they're only producing blue cars at the moment, a few white ones, but I guess the paint shop isn't open yet. So, 
They just sent him down some uh, prefab um, panels, and that's what uh, that's what people are seeing. Uh, the, the new uh, the new Tesla uh, factory is out, and uh, and they had a big party down there to celebrate it outside of Austin, Texas. And Honda and GM made news this week, by the way. Uh, they are getting together. You know, Honda is way behind the curve here in electric vehicle. The only one that they've sold is that Clarity. Uh, that I drove. Um, it was only sold for a short period of time uh, from 2018 to 2019. But now they're teaming up with General Motors. Uh, and uh, it seems like General Motors is going to be pretty much in charge of this uh, this big thing, this big project. So that's something to keep an eye on too, because there's a lot of Honda fans out there. Uh, a lot of people love Honda. It's one of the loyalist brands uh, or the, the brand loyalty for Honda is above almost anybody, probably anybody else except probably a Tesla. People love, love their uh, Hondas and they pay a premium price for them. They don't care. Be interesting to see how, Honda makes that transition, especially with General Motors making the um, probably going to be the pre predominant manufacturer of Honda's EVs. So that'll be interesting. Oh, by the way, the cyber ugly is coming to in 2023, says Elon Musk. Yeah. Uh, he just wants to make sure he can get off the planet before he puts it uh, out there. Anyway, you... Um, so that's the stuff that's going on around the automotive world uh, this week. We'll take a quick break here. We'll come back with, um, we got Yo Vinny. We got uh, a cartoon for you this week. And uh, of course, we got our uh, road test of the week where we take the, uh, the Chevrolet, the big beefy Chevrolet Tahoe, the big beefy one, the Z71 out for a little road test to see how that thing bounces you around. And does it? Well, you'll have to stay tuned to the show. It's Drive Time Radio. I'm New York Vinny, and uh, we love having you along on a Saturday morning right here on 1150 KKNW. If you're searching for that perfect gift for the college-bound kid in your life, the Car Care Council suggests putting together a roadside emergency kit. An inexpensive roadside kit is easy to assemble and could be extremely useful, maybe even a lifesaver in the event of an emergency. Of course, it's always a good idea to be prepared for the unexpected while on the road, but the best option is to avoid breakdowns and car trouble wherever possible. Performing basic maintenance and observing a regular service schedule can help avoid unforeseen road emergencies. Roadside emergency items can fit into a small duffel bag or rubber storage tote and include the following. Jumper cables, emergency flares, flashlight and batteries, blankets and extra clothes, non-perishable snacks and bottled water, first aid kit including essential medications, portable USB charger to keep the cell phone running even if the car isn't, ice scraper, snow brush, and small shovel for winter driving. And finally, keep a copy of the Car Care Guide available free of charge at carcare.org. Visit the Car Care Council's website to access a number of tips and resources for vehicle maintenance, including a free custom service schedule. Wondering what's on next on Alternative Talk 1150? Check out 1150kknw.com. My pappy said, son, you're going to drive me to drinking if you don't stop driving that hot rod Lincoln. Back with you on Drive Time Radio, New York City, hanging out with you, Nathan, the producer, as long as well, as we are every Saturday morning from 8 to 9, talking about cars and trucks and things that move you. Uh, right here on 1150kknw. Remember, you can always get a hold of us on our Facebook page. Uh, we have a couple of them. We have our Drive Time Radio and TV page where we post a lot of stuff. We have uh, my personal page, which is at NYVINIE, where you can always find out uh, things, uh, look at pictures and stuff, cars that I drive. And, of course, we have the famous Yo Vinny, what are you driving this week? Uh, page that is inspired by so many people who uh, ask me that magic question. Yo Vinny, what are you driving uh, this week, including my good friend, 
Nathan who asked me that question every week. Yo, Vinny, what are you driving this week? Oh, Nathan, I thought you'd never ask. What am I driving this week? Well, <laughs> I am driving a very, very, very hip, hot, and happening SUV. Remember around this time last year? Uh, it was last year, wasn't it? My years get a little mixed up with the COVID. Uh, Tiger Woods was uh, driving a Genesis SUV, and uh, the police credited uh, that SUV with uh, probably saving his life. Uh, he got into that accident down in Southern California, and a lot of people said that that car, the way that car was constructed, uh, the way it took the brunt of the impact in that crash probably saved Tiger Woods' injury from being much worse than it was. It was already bad to begin with, but uh, the, uh, the Genesis SUV lines have that. And uh, Tiger, as uh, you probably uh, have noticed, is, I believe, one under par at uh, the Masters, which is uh, this, I believe it was one under par last time I looked, I may, it may have changed. But I guess the equation that I'm looking for here is that both the, uh, you know, the master that, you know, Tiger Woods uh, in that car, I guess who's in that car this week? Yours truly. Uh, the GV70 is uh, a, 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 the Genesis GV70, and I, I want to make that distinction because so many cars are so coded uh, these days with uh, code names like we saw with the, you know, it's like you're breaking a secret code to tell somebody uh, what kind of car you're driving. But I am, in fact, driving uh, the Genesis uh, GV70 this week. Uh, I think I sent you a picture, Nathan. I'm not sure, though. I don't remember right now if I did or not. Um, but this is, uh, this is a spectacular vehicle. I believe that we voted it last year, Noapa, our uh, SUV of the year, or I know it was definitely in the running. And if you look at the different ratings that different the review websites give to cars, the GV70, which is a compact sport utility vehicle, uh, clicks all the numbers. I mean, you get, uh, Nine out of 10 from car and driver, nine out of 10 from Motor Trend, 8.3 out of 10 from Edmonds. So it seems that everybody loves this thing. I'm driving a 3.5 T Sport, which uh, combines luxury and performance. It's well appointed on the inside and from the outside. It really kind of gives you more sports car than it does SUV. It's low, slung to the ground, but yet can raise up if you need to get off uh, a, a, a certain amount of off the road. I mean, I just think it's not a monster like the uh, uh, the one we were driving last week or two weeks ago, the Jeep, or even the car we were going to review today, the, uh, the um, Chevy Tahoe. But it'll give you and, and was surprisingly last year when we tested it at Mudfest, a very agile and worthwhile and athletic SUV. It took the punches, which surprised many of us that were present that day for the event. Uh, Mudfest is a thing that we put on every year. Matter of fact, it's coming up in two weeks to test out off-road vehicle, uh, you know, vehicles that have the possibility of going off-road. We call them Northwest Activity Lifestyle Vehicles. Uh, some of them you don't want to take off-road, and then some of them, like the Genesis GV70, you didn't think you would until you drive it. And then all of a sudden you say, well, you know, I can take this a certain amount of way up the road, then you get into the uh, Land Rover or uh, you know, something like the Jeep, and you go, I can go as far up the road as I want, just bring a chainsaw. And a, and, and a tow rope, so in case you have to pull yourself out of a, out of a situation. But the GV70, um, by the way, this was named Motor Trends 2022 SUV of the year as well. And it just, everything about it works. On the road, as I said, it's athletic. It has guts to it. You drop it into sport mode, and it kicks in. I love the color. It's a flat purple. Yeah, a flat purple purple 
which is, I guess the kids love these colors these days, these flat colors. So that saves you hours, countless hours, having to shine this thing up. And, uh, you know, have it shinier than the guy uh, next door or the woman next door. But again, uh, it's, it's a vehicle that is easy to fall in love with, very practical, um, well-suited to the Seattle lifestyle where you need the all-wheel drive. You need to be able to maybe get a little ways up into the country, chop down that Christmas tree at the Christmas tree farm. Uh, you need to have something to be confident and give you confidence that you don't worry about putting your family in on, uh, uh, you know, the road between, uh, you know, North Bend and Duval or something like that. You know, where, where when it rains and you go by the, the Tolt River out there, you can run into some problems sometimes. Uh, the road gets slick, the road gets wet, the river rises. And sometimes you can be in, in situations that you probably don't want to. Uh, the Genesis GV70 road banners so far seem to be that uh, it is uh, just fine to do that and to uh, have some fun with that and, and, and take it off road and take it uh, places that you might not want to take many, uh, a lot of the cars that you might own. So it combines all of that. And uh, I think it's, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to the rest of my week in this car. It'll also be one of the cars that we test at uh, Mudfest coming up in a couple of weeks. We'll tell you more about that in next week's show. But this is really, uh, I'm just very, uh, very impressed with the Genesis GV70 uh, 3.5 turbo sport that I am sporting around this week. And that is, uh, Yo, Vinny, what are you driving this week? All right, time now for a cartoon where we unrolled something a little different out for you this week. Uh, from um, you're you're about to get Rick rolled. Yes, I thought it was time on this show after two years two years and change that we Rick rolled. Have you ever been rolled, Nate? Oh, countless times. Well, you're it's about to happen to you again, Pally, because. I found a song in my travels that was recorded live on the BBC in uh, in London from the Zoe Ball Breakfast Show. Uh, Rick Astley had these great costumes in this band that he's put together that looked like they're just about having fun. And they took uh, vocalist George Ezra's shotgun song, which is about riding shotgun in a car or in the passenger seat. You know, everybody always calls shotgun when you're a kid or when you're, you know, even getting older. Well, uh, George Ezra put this little ditty together and I think it's a, a cool song. And then uh, Rick Astley said, well, I'll go into uh, the BBC and cover this on live radio. So here is Rick Astley doing George Ezra's song, Shotgun. Yeah. There you go, Rick Astley. So you can now officially say you've been Rick rolled this morning. Uh, here on 1150 KKNW, and that is credited to the BBC Radio, uh, Radio 2, I believe it was on, uh, Rick Astley, live in the studio. And if you get a chance to go to YouTube, and I, we'll put a, uh, a link up to the YouTube clip, uh, check them out. Uh, you know, I know Rick Astley is kind of like this ghastly, uh, you know, to admit that you like Rick Astley. But I got to tell you, I, I like this guy's voice. I like... Uh, I like the whole fact. Uh, I mean, I was, uh, I remember when that song Never Gonna Give You Up came out back in like 86. And oh my God, it was, uh, you know, it was nuts. Or 87, I guess it was. Um, it was nuts, but it was, uh, you know, it got you dancing. And the outfits that these guys are in in this uh, video from BBC, uh, I think it'll get you up and moving too. And you know what? We need more happy in the world. So there's a happy little tune for you on cartoons uh, this morning. Why? Because music and cars go together like peanut butter and jelly, like Abbott and Costello, like Simon and Garfunkel, and like Dodge and Performance. I figured I'd throw that in there for my friend Lisa because <laughs> she's a she works for Chrysler for Stellantis and uh, has provided me with a number of incredible hot cars to drive over the uh, years that I have uh, been doing it. So there you go, our cartoon of the week.
As uh, we said before, the New York Auto Show is coming up. Uh, that'll happen this coming week. We originally had plans to go and actually broadcast live from there next Saturday morning, but it looks more and more like I don't think that's going to happen. And there's still a possibility that it will, but it just seems at this point in time that uh, it's not going to happen. We have another event in New York next month, and I think that, you know, unfortunately, we do this thing on a on kind of a limited budget, and uh, this is one of those years where uh, we might just have to be waiting until next year to uh, go back to New York. And to be honest with you, not, not a lot of new cars debuting there this year. I mean, there's, there's a couple of cars that are going to be updated and freshened, and I certainly would love to see that Lexus with that yoke. It's not like they're going to give one to us and say, here, you know, drive around town. It's basically a schmooze fest. And um, I would rather channel the budget of this show toward bringing you more important events, being at things like Mudfest and things like that. But we'll see. We'll, uh, we'll talk this week and we'll figure out. And who knows? Next week, you may actually, um, I may actually be coming to you from New York. If not, uh, we will certainly be at Mudfest the week after down in Shelton, Washington, and be able to, um, to enlighten you as to what's going on and which SUVs you should be shopping and which SUVs you should be dropping. So shop and drop at Mudfest with us uh, from the Northwest Automotive Press Association. Nathan, I wanted to get an update from you quickly on um, on your your saga with your car, uh, because last week when we left, you know, we got a lot of response to uh, the whole story of you um, getting into an accident. Well, you didn't get into an accident; your car was parked and somebody hit it. Uh, but, you know, the whole thing that we talked about last week about getting people uh, the right information when your car is hit. Uh, so your car was hit in the parking lot. You, you knew who hit it. They didn't run. You knew who it was. So you're sorting it out now with the insurance company. And um, what's the update on that? Uh, not much to say. I just spoke with the insurance jester this week, and pretty much all we did was he gave me a call and he uh, asked me some questions about, you know, what happened? When did it happen? Can you tell me what you understand from your point of view? And were there any witnesses? All that stuff, you know, getting the uh, necessary information. Then I sent him over some pictures of my car, a couple from the date of the incident, and uh, some others when they had better lighting because it hadn't happened at nighttime. So the lighting wasn't really that great when it was hit. So pretty much just sending him all that stuff and waiting to hear back from him. I sent him all the pictures just yesterday. So we'll expect more information in a couple weeks to come. Okay. Well, hopefully they will, uh, they will get that, uh, get that taken care of. You know, it's funny. I, I didn't think about this last week, but, and I, I don't know, I didn't check. It just popped into my head right now when you said uh, that they'll talk to you next week in New York state and, I don't, and, and a couple of the other states that border New York, there is a law that says uh, that the insurance company has to send somebody to view your vehicle if you've been involved in an accident within seven days. And they have to endeavor to have the repair done within 14 so uh, just something to keep in mind. I know it doesn't apply out here, uh, or it may. I don't know. I didn't check the, the, the laws on the books, but I remember that being uh, that law starting when I was an appraiser several years ago uh, that you had to get out and see the car right away because you could, because what can happen is after seven days, the insurance company loses their right to inspect the vehicle. So you can go out and take it to any body shop you want, get an estimate, the insurance company has to pay it. No haggling, no nothing. So that's when the insurance company hired, as you might imagine, uh, a number of different people to go out there and uh, make sure that they saw those costs in seven days. So you may want to check on that just to make sure because the, you, know, you shouldn't have to drive around uh, with a car that's 
scratched up on the side like that, potentially dangerous. Very good point. Nathan, I try to I, I try to educate you and the public on on this. Uh, you know, I, you really touched me when you talked about last week that there was a lot of information uh, that you got out of that um, out of that the talk that we had. A lot of other people uh, emailed me or or sent me messages saying that they got a lot out of it too, and and it's something because it doesn't happen to you often. I mean, how many people get into the position where you have to? try to figure out what goes on and insurance agents don't uh, necessarily help you a lot. Um, so you really always have to keep an eye on, on what you're doing. So if my knowledge helps you out, awesome. And I can already tell it was helping because when I was speaking with the addresser, I was talking to him after we were done with our phone call. He asked if I had any more questions and I said, yeah, uh, about like shops to take it to, uh, there's a place that I was referred to uh, by the dealership to bring my car in, and I think they'll do a really good job, and that's the place I want to go. And then he responded by saying, oh, yeah, well, we have our own list of places we recommend, but you can still take it to where you want to go. So I kind of got the impression the way he said it that he was going to try to push me to go to one of his you know, pre-selected yeah. shops rather than going to where I was referred to. Well, you know, it's interesting. In some states, that would get him in trouble because there are several states where an insurance company is not allowed to recommend a shop to you. Uh, even the suggestion that you take your car to a particular shop um, would get the insurance company in, in hot water. And, you know, Lord only knows. Remember, when they, when they are a, telling you to take a car to a particular shop. They're not doing it for your convenience. <laughs> They're doing it for their convenience. <laughs> so they hit your car and they want it to be easy for them. Kind of illogical, isn't it? Well, it's like trying to find uh, gas. You know, you're going down the highway or on a road trip. Oh, this gas station is 380 a gallon, but this one is 350 a gallon. I'm going to go to the one that's 350 a gallon, you know? <laughs> Right, and then you find out that there's water in the gas. <laughs> How do they do it? Water. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy, and it's a shame, but it's um, it's the way it works. All right, time now, I guess, for our, uh, our Drive Time Radio Road Test, isn't it? The Drive Time Radio Road Test. Every week, Vinny puts another car through its paces and lets you know the good, the bad, and the ugly. Ah, there's no ugly about this one. You know, you can certainly say that Chevy uh, and General Motors had their problems lately, uh, getting parts, getting supplies, getting things that uh, they need to get. Easy to to say that, but uh, the reality is that there's one thing that Chevrolet does well, very well. They build excellent trucks their uh, full-size chevy trucks are you know you put them up there with anybody and and especially when it comes to their uh suburbans uh their tahos the full-size meaty beefy big trucks the roomy cabin it'll tow a house along with you great features like sunroofs and comfortable seats and even down to, um, you know, when you when you use a, a get a Ford, you don't have that feature where you stick your foot under the rear bumper so that the tailgate will lift. Well, now I haven't driven a full-size Ford for 2022, but in the 2022 Suburban at Tahoe, there's a little Chevrolet light that comes down from the rear bumper. And that's where you place your foot over that light so that you can, so that the rear gate will raise the hands-free gate. Now, I don't know why anybody hadn't done that before. And if they had, I hadn't seen it. But you can see it in this picture. You just put your foot there. But how many times have you, or have you seen somebody in the parking lot of a grocery store that got two or three bags in their hands and they're sitting there moving it. They look like they're doing the, the river dance. You know, moving that foot back and forth, 
trying to get the, the gate to open. Chevy right there indicates that this is where you put your foot to open the gate if your father's in your pocket. And on that alone, I give it, um, you know, a 10 right there because that's something I've struggled with a number of times. If Chevy didn't recognize that and come out with that is, is huge. The only thing bigger that you can buy uh, from Chevy is uh, the Suburban, which is longer than uh, this one by a considerable amount by uh, a notice. Uh, and you, you know, you know, a noticeably large amount. This uh, Z71 is geared toward going off the road. It's geared much as our Jeep uh, Trailhawk was last week to take you far away off the road. It's the second largest three-row youth that Chevy makes. This one had a 355 horsepower, uh, excuse me, had a 420 horsepower V8. This thing for its size flies. I mean, it really does go. Um, outside, it's, it's fairly easy to climb into, even though it has the raised height of the C71 package. What I was impressed with this car was how quiet it was. I mean, this thing really is, you can, uh, I mean, it's like a church service inside. So it's quiet. It has loads of convenient um, options that you can get. Uh, it has the Google uh, voice assistant in it. It is comfortable. It is versatile inside the three row seat. You can actually put adults back there. And again, for off-road, this vehicle really gets the job done with the Z71 package. I love it. So all told, this is a cooking SUV. It's the reason that several magazines have uh, made it their SUV of the year. And if you're in the market for the meaty, beefy, big and bouncy SUV, this one hey, is good enough for the president, the Secret Service, they ride around in it. Why not you? By the way, uh, what was this? 68,000 as tested. So uh, a pretty piece of change, but it's something that uh, I think will retain its value and is well worth it. That's going to wrap it up for drive time for this week. Thank you so much to everybody who makes this show happen. Nathan, have a good week. You out there, have a good week, and we will catch up with you next Saturday morning at 8. If the Lord's Midland and the Creek don't rise, drive safe.